Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your boy Roberto. And of course, this is the Black Hand Podcast 2.0. Coming live and direct from Kansas City, Missouri, my hometown. Hope everybody had a good day today. It's pretty nice here in old Kansas City. Sun was shining sometimes, and sometimes it's cloudy, but either way, it was really nice. Um, we're going to get a thunderstorm sometime tomorrow. So we're trying to enjoy it while we got it. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, my security career, in a nutshell, is over. As of uh, today, actually. I've been doing security off and on since December 16th of 99. I didn't know a thing about security then. I didn't know how to address people because I didn't like being around people. And I had to do work even when I was dead dog tired or too full with too much energy. It's a job I have done either outside or inside. Drove or not drove. Ran after or not ran after. And cussed out or not been cussed out while doing it. I worked for six or seven different companies in that span. And it's a job that I met a lot of good people at. And then also met a lot of people that I wish to God I could just forget. And I've had my reprimands, I've had my arguments, I've had people plot against me and everything else. It's a job that I was only going to do for a week, if you can believe that. And the only reward that you have in security is either a paycheck or, you know, commendations. I got three of them myself. It's a job that I know how to do and I know how to do it well. And because of it, it sort of brought me out of my shell, in a, in a sense. Since security is most of the time you're dealing with the public. Some are not nice and some are. So... That part of it was, uh, you know, the fun parts. But today, I started this job when I was in my 20s. I'm standing here or sitting here in a chair. And my bad hip and my swell on my back are fucking killing me. I had to stand up pretty much the entire time. That's about 10 hours. And um, took a lot out of me. I couldn't, you know, couldn't bounce back from it. I'm still, you know, I had to take a pain med when I got home. It was just that bad. And I knew right then and there that my body and my self-esteem and my brain and everything else was not going to be able to do this job anymore. Yeah, there are older guys that older than me that are, you know, doing jobs just like mine and not complain about it. But see, what people don't understand is somebody that's a senior, they usually are doing it just to make some money. They probably retired from a job they've had for a million, many years, and some of them just do it because they were bored at home, doing not doing a damn thing. And by not doing anything, that's when everything starts setting in, you know, diseases and viruses and everything else. And they like to be out with all the people. So that's why they got the job. 
Me, on the other hand, I did it because I was out of work. And my baby sister, love her to death, she was the one that told me to go apply for my first security job. By the time I was out of work for about maybe four months, we were living together. And um, she was actually a guard herself at the uh, Nelson Atkins Museum here in Kansas City on the plaza. So she doesn't think too about security, but she didn't do it for as long as I have. And um, the first week of doing security was rough as hell. My boss was a bastard. So many people I worked around didn't want to talk or nothing like that. And I worked an overnight shift, so that was even worse because you had to stay up all damn night. And uh, we also dealt with the citizens of the, of the city, you know, homeless people, crackheads, meth heads, all other kind of stuff in between. I dealt with racists doing this job. When I was living in Nebraska, I was working at a uh, carnival that was also AKA a concert, country concert, and they had a beer garden. And what a beer garden is is that there's like a beer stand with all types of beer that you can come up, grab you a cup or two or three, and uh, get sloppy drunk and then want to fight everybody. I've had that happen too. And I've been accused of a lot of things. I have uh, got many accommodations, like I said before. And it's a job that at first I thought it was, and sometimes I still do, believe is a fucking joke. I don't get respect from my job. I get laughed at. I get made fun of, and uh, it's a job that you can gain a lot of weight if you don't do, you know, a lot of exercise. So today, my body gave me the signal that I can't do this anymore. When I busted my hip back in 2010, it hadn't been right since. Just on a sheet of ice. And, uh... I had to go to rehab and stretch it out, pull it out, but it was no use. Once a joint like that happened, once you get hit in a joint like that, it's going to stick around for a while. Back to, knees, feet, head. There's no, actually no real fully healed process when it comes to limbs. And my hip talks to me. It tells me, hey, Robert, what the fuck are you doing up here, man? What are you doing? You can't do this shit anymore. The brain's like, oh, yeah, he can do it. They go back and forth. So it's a job that, um, as of today, I can't hold, I can't handle it, really. I don't like giving up on stuff because a lot of people already think that I'm a, I'm a, you know, I give up too easily and I'm a pushover and everything else. But I've been doing this job for almost 22 fucking years, ladies and gentlemen. Off and on. I work for some shitty ass companies. I work for great companies. I work for crazy ass, batshit crazy bosses and, and, and supervisors to great supervisors. I have done eight hours. I've done 12 hours. I've done three six, 16 hours back to back to back. Damn near killed me. I made a good money and I made milk money. I have met a lot of good people that I've been around helping them out, customer service or whatever. And there are some that you just want to knock the shit out of them because they call you out of your name. Oh, I've also been called a few racial slurs too, by the way. 
and all that in the span of almost 22 years. And I thought it was an embarrassing job. I don't get no accolades for, you know, helping somebody out or somebody thanking me for my service because I've never been in the fucking military. And uh, some people that I know of thinks my job is a joke. <laughs> He's a security officer. Call me top flight security and shit like that from Friday, you know, next Friday, right or next, wherever the hell it was. Red a cop, that's my favorite. And um, it's a job that, depending on the person you're talking to and how much respect they have for you, is how they will react to your to your job. If you are a hardworking person and everybody knows you are, then your job is important. But if, but if you are a person that doesn't care to hurt people's feelings, then it's the worst job in the fucking earth. So, today was unofficially my last day in security. Unless I'm a supervisor that gets to sit down, then I'm screwed and it's over. When people... When people try to do the job, they've been doing a job for a long period of time, and they've been doing it since they were younger, had black hair, you know, you see them grow old in pictures and stuff like that. That's when you know you've been on the job a long damn time. But even the most hardworking, know-everything people had to retire at some time. My mother retired from housekeeping because of her leg being busted up. And she was forced into it, actually. She could not stand that. She didn't retire on her terms. So, you know, she's resting now, but she hated it. And I can tell every time I thought, oh, gosh, I never, you know. And at one point, I didn't understand what she meant. But today, while I was standing at a post for 10 hours, no sitting, uh, very little breaks, and um, you had to be a customer service person no matter what the hell's going on or how you're feeling or anything like that. That told me that this is a young man's job, not somebody that's in their 40s. So, and now, and now that I understand why my mom was the way she was when it came to her employment. I was out of work for a whole year back in 2012 and 13. Couldn't find a job to save my fucking soul. And the jobs I did get, they were through some kind of tip agency I was going through. And if they even hint that you don't know how to do the job, then your ass is gone. But security, to me, also gave me a lot of stuff. Um, like I said, I have, very, I have some very good, good people as friends doing security. Uh, some... No, I'm still friends with this very day. Um, I got my first apartment with my job, my first security job. I got my first car because of security. Hell, I even got my damn driver's license because of security. And also I had, even though it's a long story and I won't even fucking get into it, I had my daughter because of security. It's not a job that's glamorous. You don't get no accolades. You don't 
get a pat on the back and shaking hands and whatever, unless you work in a really, really rich place and they just really like you, then I don't get that. I, I didn't get that. If anything, I got ridiculed. And like I said, I got made fun of. I'm used to being made fun of because that's been happening my entire life. So it's nothing new. It's just something new to aim at now. So I'll ice my leg down with Ben Gay. My back also with Ben Gay. And um, move on to another chapter, I guess. But there is also something else that has... um, been on my head since this afternoon or this morning. When um, I watch, when I, I I'm a big fan of the Fast and Furious franchise. I love that movie because I love cars, any of them. And Vin Diesel, being the you know the main main character of that franchise, he always talks about family. All of his friends, all of his colleagues that he's been around and they know him, they know them. He considers them family, not just friends. And his family and family to him is very important. I I think that as well. I do. But right now, and I am so, so sad to say this. I have no family no more. My family is gone. Deleted. Non-existent. And it's never going to be the same. It has changed just completely. The one thing that kept us all together is not here to keep us together. So now we're all on our own, basically. Conversations turn to arguments. Arguments turn into fuck you and oh fuck you. And they also turn into I don't want to talk to your ass for the the rest of my damn life. And the only thing you can do is watch it implode. Gone. And, um, I know my parents, God rest their souls, is probably looking down on down here and looking at, you know, they look at each other like, what did we go wrong? How in the hell did this happen? Why did this happen? It's a lot of reasons. But I've always been a person that, when it came to family, I was always optimistic. I always thought that, you know, one good you know, thing happens and we're all on the same page again or something bad or tragic happens and we're all on the same page again. I've had two tragedies happen. My mother passing away and then my aunt passing away. But that even did not help my family. I should stop wishing for it because it won't happen. I could stop fighting for it. That would be probably easier because I'm probably the only one. And, um, yeah, it's a um, stick a fork in it. 
nail the coffin, wherever you want to call it. Family usually is the first and foremost thing that you try to impress your family with. They're the ones that are going to tell you, well, maybe you shouldn't do that. Or you should do that. Or they're happy that you did that. Or they fucking crazy or you should have done that. They're your first critics. They're your first, you know, point outers. They're the first ones to tell you that they love something. They're the first ones to tell you that what the hell are you doing? They are the first ones that you go to with most of your problems, depending on who you're talking to. And they are the first people to criticize how you're feeling or how you're acting toward other people. I had that once. But now it is a a done subject. And I, like I said, I, I don't like talking about that. But I have not, I've been, the writing has been on the wall for a very long time. It's been cursive, it's been written in manuscript, everything. And no matter how much I can, I can wish for it, no matter how much I can fight for it, and no matter what my feelings are at all, it's a done deal. I mean, probably for the best, we're all in our, still in our mourning phase and trying to get over, at least trying to, you know, get over what happened. But I don't think that's going to happen this time around. I believe it's it's a done deal. And to try to force it would make it even worse. So if you have a, um, you have a big family, a small family, brothers, sisters, all sisters, all brothers, or whatever, try to appreciate them while they're around you. Because anything can happen between today and tomorrow. One month to the next. One year to the next. And you may look up one day and someone that you have been around all your, your entire life, the one you've been running with, when you got beat to death with and everything else, is no longer here. And then you'll be living with regrets and guilt and remorse and everything. And you don't like wishing death on anybody. But if you say something like, you know, I wish you were dead and they actually go somewhere, go home and you find out the next day that they are dead, that will stick with your ass too. It really will. But I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to fight anymore. It's, um, it's no use to fight it. And it's, um, it's a done deal. Very, very well done. 
So like I was saying, if you um, you have any siblings or mother and father still around, enjoy them while they're here. Because you never know what the hell tomorrow will bring. And whatever it does bring, you, you automatically share it with your family. At least that's what I used to do. But that's neither here or there. There's nothing I can do about it. Besides get on here and tell the entire world about it. And I'm not very unapologetic about it, you know. And I, it's a sad day, sad day. But the only thing I can do now is pray for all my siblings. Hopefully God will steer them in the right path for whatever they're going to do now. And um, maybe somewhere down the line, maybe many, many, many years from now or whatever happens. That'll put us back on the same page. Not gonna happen right now, though. Probably never, never, probably never happen at all. But that's the thing about family. They can be your best friends, and they can be your worst fucking enemies. Depending on what family you got, what they got, what you're doing, what they're doing, whatever. And depending on how you broke from that person the last time you talked to them is how it will be like when you first see them again. Feelings start coming up, you know, you start thinking, having flashbacks, and you grab his stuff to knock the hell out of him with, or stuff like that. Or you'll have fond memories and beautiful memories and everything else. But to, um, to, <laughs> The one thing that we all should know that is life is very, very short. My mom and my aunt Lillian, love you, are prime examples of that. My mother was in very, very bad health before she passed away. And so was my aunt. And they both were sisters. They both, um, they both got along very well. They always, you know, were cordial to each other and loved each other and everything. And, you know, and now both of them are together again. They probably hugged each other when they first, you know, when they, when my aunt got to, um, got upstairs. And, um, she got to see uh, my uncle, my father her father and her, her mother, all of her friends. And, um, <laughs> and they're together now. They can, no, nobody can pull them away from each other now. They're all together now. <laughs> and um, I, I miss them all. I wish they were all here with me because I don't know who to talk to now. (laughs) 
there's no guidance there is no um, no steering in the right direction there's no advice I can get there's, there's nothing everything I do now will be on my own I have to solve my own problems I have to uh, have to grow up and I'm a grown man but uh, <laughs> it's been really really tough it's really tough And I don't have anybody here to stir me in the right direction of how to handle all this. <laughs> I don't have either one of my parents here. I can't ask them. I, uh, I don't have any friends. The two best men I know of are, are gone now. Very good people. Should have never died in the first place. And I don't have anybody to ask me to, to go to, like, how do I fix this? How, how do I do something about this? There's nobody. And it hurts my goddamn soul that there's nobody here to tell that to now. But I have to, uh, I have to live with that now. And, um, just, you know, let it happen. It's going to happen no matter what. I can try to stop it. I can try to talk some sense and everything, but it's not going to fucking work. Ever. It's, it's, it's done. It's a done fucking deal. And, uh, I don't like it. I hate it, actually. And I, uh, want you all to know that if you have a sibling, if you have a mother, you have a father, they're still here, they're still breathing and everything, and you haven't talked to them in years, fucking call them. Talk to them. Whatever, even to fucking yell at you or something. Because once they are all gone, <laughs> there's nothing you can do. You will be as lost as hell. And you start to think of all the stuff that your parents taught you, your siblings taught you and everything, and you blow it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then days like, like uh, my aunt passing away, all that comes back to you. My mom passing away, all came back to me. My father died, came back to me. It all came back to me. They were trying to tell me stuff that, you know, life has thrown at them, and they're trying to pass it on to me or my siblings or whatever. Then it's, it's, then you can't ask them. It's not like they can, you know, call you up and tell you, hey, this is so-and-so. Everything's going to be all right. There's nobody here for that. <laughs> nobody. So if you have all your siblings and you all get along and you both have, you all have your parents, mother and father, stuff like that, consider yourself lucky. Consider yourself fucking blessed. Consider yourself 
the luckiest person on fucking earth. Because now you were talking to a man that's an island. Maybe a couple of years ago, a couple of decades ago, it wouldn't bother me. Wouldn't bother me at all. But that was a long time ago. And I've seen people lose everybody. And they are just lost. So if you have your family and you get along with them, stay in touch with them. And don't let penny any bullshit mess you up because because it's, it's what's the point really <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it helps a lot to have some somebody to to lean on and to um, ask questions here and there even if it's out of date it still means the same damn thing as you're doing right now so take that advice listen to them talk to them you don't know understand something call somebody in your family and if they don't know they'll ask somebody else that knows and it'll go on and on and on until they find a fucking answer for you but ladies and gentlemen the I'm not a kind of person that begs for people to um, do stuff. Because I don't like begging. I, don't, I hate it, really. But um, I'm asking you, please, to pray for my entire family. Fib- siblings, cousins, aunties, uncles, whatever. Pray for them all. Please. Because right now, we're at the, at the moment now where... <sighs> It could go either fucking way. And it's already gone right, wrong. It's already gone left. So just pray for us, please. And um, that is my word. So with that being said, this is your boy Roberto for the Black Hand Podcast 2.0. I'll be back tomorrow with something you may or may not like. And I will see you guys down the road. Good night, America, wherever you are. And to my Aunt Lillian, who is now resting. I I love you. I will miss you. And I will always have you in my heart. I will see you again. And when we do, it will be a perfect, perfect day that day. Seeing everybody. And I will be so damn happy when that happens. For all of them. Love them while they're here, please. You guys have a nice night. Peace.